Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about this question that I get all the time when people say, why can she eat more than I can? And sometimes it's coming from a place of, well, because she has a totally different body, a totally different lifestyle than you. And so, yeah, she's going to eat more or her needs at maintenance may be less. It depends on a lot of things. So today I want to quickly break down a lot of these things. Now, I do know that this is covered on Instagram all the time. Why can she eat more than me? One, uh, I think this is a huge one. Probably the biggest driver of any of them is, and and I think you guys think I'm going to say, well, she lifts weights because that's one. People are like, well, she prioritizes strength. She lifts weights. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the reason why. Maybe it is because she has more muscle mass than she just has overall more mass. Maybe if this is a 125 pound woman comparing herself to a 140 pound woman who has a lot of muscle and is relatively lean. So they're like, oh, well, why can she eat more? Well, because she's a bigger person, fat mass or muscle mass, she's still a bigger person. So yes, she's going to be able to eat more. So let's take, let's just say it's the same person. 125 pounds or 130 pounds. And let's just say they both did a DEXA and they have the exact same muscle and body fat and all of that. They're like pretty much identical twins. Why can she eat more than me? Well, it it honestly comes down to activity level. It really, really does. It comes down to how much they move. I was on a call with a client and she was talking about, she was comparing to somebody on Instagram and, oh, that woman, she eats like 2,300 calories a day. And and I feel like we're about the same height. We're about the same weight. Why, why is she eating 2,300 and I'm eating 1,900? And and we really did a deep dive in, and this woman is convinced because people usually are, well, it's because my hormones, that's it. It's my hormones. Well, we deep dove and we're like, okay, well, you get about 5,000 steps a day. You are comparing yourself now, you at 5,000 steps with, there's nothing wrong with 5,000 steps. I'm just, I, I have to make that known. There's nothing wrong with that, but you're comparing your private life of all of of your full-time job, your stress as a mom, your lack of sleep, you, you know, your 5,000 steps that you're frankly, this individual's like, I really have to work to get those 5,000 steps in a day because of my lifestyle. And you're comparing to a woman on Instagram who literally her job, literally how she provides and feeds her family is because she's a fitness influencer. 
I don't think that that's the person you should be comparing to. You mean that, that, that woman who not only her livelihood depends on her fitness level, but she loves to move and she goes to, yes, she lifts weights five to six times a week, but she also loves going to that other class because all of her kids are in school. And so she can also, she can do an hour of lifting. Plus she loves aerobic classes and all of her friends are in those classes. So she's spending two and a half hours easily, three hours in the gym. That's the person you're comparing yourself to when on a good day or week, you're proud that you got into the gym three times a week. Do you see the problem here? So this woman who's getting 17,000 steps on average a day, yeah, she is going to be eating 2,300 calories at maintenance because she moves nonstop. She has a totally different lifestyle than you. So that is honestly one of the main reasons. And yes, I'm sure we could get into macro breakdown. Maybe she is eating more protein. Maybe, you know, she is eating more whole foods, which have shown to have a greater thermic effect, meaning that you're going to burn more calories uh, digesting whole foods than you will processed foods. That's a fact, but that's not going to make a 400 calorie difference. But the movement will, you know, the other may be like a 50, 75 calorie difference. If you're looking at somebody who's strictly eating whole foods versus somebody who's tends to lean a little bit more towards processed foods, there's no right or wrong. It's just that's the, I think I look at it as baby steps. I, I always tell this to new, co- new coaches that I mentor, meet your clients where they're at. If your client is comfortable having, you know, cereal in the morning, then instead of being like, well, no, you've got to throw out everything you know about breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we've got to start from scratch and you've got to buy all whole foods and you've got to do this and this and that. And it's like, one, they might be overwhelmed because they're like, um, I'm already paying a lot of money to have you tell me this. And now you're, you're making my grocery bill go like an additional three, 400. I can't afford all of that. So we meet them where they're at. We do baby steps, right? Maybe cereal is okay for right now. And we're just adding a little bit more protein to it. I'm not saying that that's where we want to land, but that's where we're at right now. And that's what we have to deal with. And maybe that's where you, the listener is at right now. Look, I, you're you're proud of yourself for just hitting your protein. And we're going to slowly with time, continue to work on your habits and your skills so that you can be eating more whole foods in enjoyable ways like that woman that you're comparing to who has been in fitness for like six, seven, eight years. She are, she knows this process. She's been down it a million times. She's made all the same mistakes you have. And now she's six, seven years ahead of you. But maybe that's not where you're at right now. So you have to take where you're at right now. And maybe where you're at right now is, look, I'm struggling to get 5,000 steps in. Okay, well, maybe we can get a walking pad. 
for your work. I've encouraged a lot of women go to your boss and say, look, I really want to prioritize health. Is there any way that we can get a walking pad in the break room or in my cubicle or, or whatnot? And that's not going to work for everybody. Maybe you can get a standing desk so that you can stand a little bit more instead of sitting all day long. I've had clients in and of itself, just switching from seated to standing, be able to say, wow, my back feels better. My um, hips feel better standing more. So there's more reasons to do that than just you burn a little bit more calories standing up. But there's these little things, but but you can't make that jump today. You can't make that, well, I'm at 5,000 steps and, and I'm comparing to this woman who's at 17,000, I better make that jump. You can't do that. So one, we need to stop comparing. That's the problem. I think even asking this question can be problematic for a lot of people. Um, And so that's why hopefully by the end of this episode, I can help educate you on appropriate ways to compare and ask questions, right? So maybe instead of saying, why can she eat more than I can? Oh, it must be my genetics. It must be my hormones. It must be. Instead, we're like, she moves more than I do. And to have grace with yourself and say, she's in a different place in her life than I am. And either accept the fact that you don't want to move like her or you can't move like her, or maybe it's a little bit of both. We accept that and then we release the pressure we put on ourselves for being her. That is a really important step. So one, you acknowledge there's a difference here between me and her. I won't or can't or a little mix of both do what she's doing. That's step one, acknowledging that. Step two is, and I'm going to relinquish the desire for the outcome that she has because I can't or I won't or a little bit of both. (laughs) Don't, I, I relinquish the outcome. That's powerful. That is so powerful. I just barely got off a phone call with another coach who was talking about that, how he said, look, I've been lean. I've been my most shredded self, being able to see the six pack and all of that and attaining it and learning the cost of it made it easier for him to almost relinquish the desire to always have it. Now that I know the cost, man, have you ever done that in your life? You buy a car, let's say you buy something. It is so expensive, but you are so excited about it and you feel like, no, it's worth it. I mean, yeah, I'll have to make cuts over here in my budget and I'll have to live tighter over here, but I really want that vehicle. It's so nice. And then after you drive around with it a few times, all of a sudden, after a few months, I should say, all of a sudden, how nice it is doesn't actually outweigh the cost. And now all of a sudden, you can't go eat out as much as you did before. Not that that's a great thing to do, but you can't, I should say, you can't be a little bit looser with your money and other things. Before when you would go to Target and you're like, oh, that's a cute shirt and you could buy it. Now 
all of a sudden you can't, right? So we have to weigh things out. Is the cost really worth it for us? And at first, some of us think it is. And then we get there and we're like, ooh, it's not. Because now I see where this is taking from other aspects of my life. And I don't actually want that. You may think that you want to eat 2,300 calories. That would be really nice. But at, at the cost that that other person is paying, and it may be fine for them. Remember, their life situation is different than yours. It may be fine for them to make that payment every day, but it's not for you. You realize that. You understand that. That's, that's important to get to that. To, to have that wisdom, to be able to see the difference between your life and that person's and to not judge them, not say, oh, well, m- maybe they should spend more time with their family. I'm over here choosing my family first, not fitness. That's not, that, that is a horrible judgment. Actually, maybe that person, when they do spend time with their family, is far more present than you. Just spending time doesn't equate to emotional connection. So maybe that person who goes out and takes three hours at the gym has their, they replenish themselves and they're able to take that energy and they bring it into their family. And you've never met somebody who's more connected to their children. Their children come home from school and they are, they're able to then be zoned in and connected. And it's not about spending time, the amount of time, it's about the quality of the connection when they do get time. And I, I, I tell you, that child is going to feel far more loved than a parent who's present in the house, but not present emotionally and mentally with the child, right? So, so let's be careful about those judgments. I've had those thrown at me. Like, oh, not a good mom, because if you take any time for yourself, if you go to the gym for one or two hours and you put your child in in the gym daycare for that one hour, oh, can't be a very good mom. Well, what if I'm a better mom because I did it? Ever thought about that possibility too? It's like on a plane, right? I put the mask on, the air mask on me first. So then I could reach over and take care of my child and be present fully with them. What if I can be a better parent because of it? What if it's not an either or? That's usually where wisdom lies is somewhere in the middle anyways. But we want to make it this either or. Oh, you either hit your fitness goals and you're a bad mom or you completely neglect yourself and, oh, she's a hero of a mom because she didn't even care anything about herself. And I don't know. I don't know about that. What are you teaching your child? I don't know if you're teaching your your child healthy boundaries. The importance of this is your time on earth too. You got to learn and grow too. Why can't we do it all together? Why does it have to be either or? Why does it have to be the child thriving or the mom thriving? Why can't it be both? Why can't we thrive 
and rise together. I choose that path. That's the path I choose. I choose the path of my children looking at me and saying, this isn't mom just telling you, you've got to have goals and shoot for them and work hard. But here's a mom who's going to show you how it's done. That's awesome. And that was definitely not the tangent that I wanted to go off on today. So let's go back. Let's go back to another thing with why can she eat more than me? What if you actually eat the same amount as her and you're maintaining and she's maintaining? How about that one? Have you thought about that before? Maybe when she's tracking, let's say this Instagram person, this <laughs> that you're comparing to, and she's saying, hey guys, I eat 2,200 calories. I eat 2,200 calories at maintenance. That's why I always bring that up. What if you have the same training, the same activity level, and you're over here thinking, oh, she can eat so much more than me. But what if we eat the same? Ever think about that one? What if we actually eat the same? What? No, 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 no. That doesn't, that, that's impossible because you, you track so meticulously during the week. Hmm. I've been hearing this one a lot lately. People are saying, I can't eat as much as her. And then as I deep dive, I find that they probably do eat as much as her. That their level of leniency with tracking, what it's doing is, for example, I see this all the time that they'll, they'll track meticulously during the week. And they'll say, for example, like, yeah, I can only eat 1900 calories. And we're the same like height and weight and about the same muscle and we do the same training and about the same steps. But if I, if I eat anything over 1900 calories, then I put on weight. But then do you know what's funny? I find when it comes down to it, when I'm deep diving with them, one, they're a lot looser at tracking than they think. Either they're really strict during the week, but then on the weekends, they do quote unquote intuitive eating or they're a lot looser. So they do their regular meals, regular tracking. But what else happens on the weekends? Guys, the weekends are usually when you have parties, when you have events, when the amount of treats and desserts in your home and outside of your home goes up. It's when you go out to eat with your friends. It's when you go to the movies, when you when you get the popcorn, when you get... And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just, I just want to open your mind to, you probably are eating the same amount because here during the week, you're strictly eating 1900. And then on the, the weekends, you're being loose. You're probably overshooting easily 2200. You're probably averaging around the same ballpark as that woman that you're comparing to saying, I can't eat as much as her, but she can. And you are. And it's almost like as soon as you, I've worked with clients where as soon as this, like they realize that and they're like, oh my gosh, I am. And do you know what's awesome about it? All of a sudden their mind opens up and they're like, so I can eat more during the week. And they get really excited. And then on the weekends, they don't just go willy nilly. They don't go willy nilly. That's funny. (laughs) 
they they don't just completely do what they were doing last time, but it's almost like the weekends don't have as much power because they're eating more during the week. But here's where it comes down to, you really got to know yourself. Maybe you're okay being a little bit more strict at 1900 calories during, and these numbers are just examples. Please just take them as that. It's just examples of what people tell me. So maybe this is working out great for you. You track strictly at 1900 during the week, then you're loose during the weekends, you're eating a little bit more. But overall, you're eating just as much as that woman who says she's eating 2,200 calories every day. But she's just far more strict about tracking everything. And maybe you don't want to be that strict. And that's okay too. There is no right or wrong. There's just, you have to line up your expectations to your efforts. And then as soon as we do that, it's almost like we can we can detach and let go of these crazy expectations because through education and knowing more about nutrition and how the body really works and training, we line things up better with our efforts and we realize, oh, if I choose this, then I get this outcome and I'm okay with it. I choose that. Um, it's usually the what causes the most anxiety in fitness is when people want the outcome of that somebody else is getting, but they're not willing to pay the price for it. And they haven't let go of that desire for the outcome. And so it causes a lot of tension within themselves. If you're not able or willing or a little bit of both to live a lifestyle of restriction of more restriction and more structure, then detach and let go, let free, let it. I'm such a visual person. I think of like a balloon flying away. People hold on so tightly. Just let it go and watch it fly away. Watch it move away from you. Say goodbye. Because this act of holding onto it is causing so much anxiety and it's not making fitness fun. It's not making health fun. It's also this, this desire to find this, this worth outside of, of our true selves, which is inside. We want validation. We want to be seen. We want to be loved. We want to be respected. And sometimes we look for it in ways that don't actually honor what we really want on the inside. And I think that that's a really good example of somebody who doesn't have a solid self, that solid sense of self. Have you ever met somebody and and you just feel it from them, this solid sense of who they are and what they stand for? And it's totally independent of what they look like. I love people like that. I'm drawn to people like that. I want to be that person. And sometimes we think we find that through this outcome of fitness. We don't. We usually, we usually actually find us, we can, I should say, find a solid sense of self through fitness by making and keeping commitments to ourselves. That's what builds that. 
lining up our actions with our values. That's actually what establishes this solid self. And when you align that with fitness, down the road, you get the outcome on the outside. But you become the fit person on the inside long before anybody sees it on the outside. That's hard for some people because it's a little bit driven by ego. No, 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 no. You need to see that I'm a fit person. Well, the fit person is somebody in my mind is somebody who values health and strength. And then their actions start lining up with that value system. And over time, the value plus the action lining up actually brings about an external result. But like I said, long before that external result shows, an internal result happens. And we may feel a need at times to get caught up with the external first, but the internal needs to happen. I was listening to this man be interviewed on a podcast. I, I can't remember his name. And he, he actually talked about people become obese, overweight, and unhealthy internally first. It usually, it's a manifestation of far more going on emotionally and physically internally then, and then over time of this, this, uh, now this is my words over time, the lack of consistency uh, or not having a value system of health and strength internally, and also not having actions that line up with that internally over time, our bodies begin to change on the outside. And it's that outward manifestation. So I I feel like I've just been kind of rambling to you guys today. A lot of just thoughts. I probably should have written show notes. Usually people do that. (laughs) People who know what they're doing when when they do a podcast. Today, I just really wanted to get on here and just kind of vent some of the thoughts that have, this is very raw, not pre-planned at all, but just some thoughts that have come to my mind of all over Instagram, I see people saying like, well, she can eat more than you because she does this and this and this and this. And I did want to touch on that, but I also wanted to just bring to your awareness, maybe she doesn't eat more than you, maybe you eat more than her, or maybe you eat the same. And I feel like once we're aware, then we can start making changes. And so I hope my rambling for you today has been helpful. I hope that there's some type of nugget in there that you've been able to take and find useful. I really enjoy doing podcasts and I love your guys' feedback. I love hearing what you need and what resonates to you so that I can make a little bit more content that's relevant to you and where you're at in your life. Sometimes it's hard for me to find what I feel like I need in fitness. A lot of times I I think, well, I'll say this much. When I first started in fitness, I thought I needed to know what exactly my heart rate should be at when I do cardio. Uh, What my perfect magic macro ratio would be. Uh, protein timing and all of these things. I And supplements. I love supplements. I'm kind of a supplement junkie, but I don't talk about it very much because 99.9% of people don't need to hear that. 
So I try to speak to what your needs really are. And those are not the things that I've listed right there are not your big needs. A lot of needs are just around mindset and bringing awareness to certain aspects of fitness that I feel like are being, are not being spoken to. So if you have any questions, please send me a message, uh, DM me at, on Instagram at lifting Lindsay. I love answering your questions. I love connecting with like-minded individuals who have a desire to be their best, best selves, really their healthiest selves. And that's one of the reasons why for my training app, I started the, the VIP Facebook group is I really want to connect with women who are looking to be their strongest, healthiest selves, who are realizing that fitness is just as much about mindset as it is about your heart rate, if not more so, right? It's so much more about uh, habits and the way you tell yourself stories and how we can navigate through that and tell, learn to tell ourselves new stories, stories that serve what we ultimately want in life. So I'm hoping that that Facebook group can just be a group of like-minded women coming together and saying, these are my wins. This is my mindset win. I love it when people get on there and are like, oh, here's my PR. I'm so excited about it. I think it's wonderful. And I, I want to start cultivating and encouraging more mindset wins too, because that's huge. So I invite you guys to, if that's something that you're interested in, join the Lifting Lindsay app. And I have nutrition and training courses on liftinglindsay.com. If you're, if you're an app user, and then we're going to be doing a lot more Q and A's every other week, we do uh, Q and A's on there so that we can really show up and encourage each other and be a support. Not everybody has a support system in trying to be their healthiest selves mentally, physically, and spiritually, right? If you follow me on Instagram, you've heard me talk about, there is this man, Brian, that came up to me and at the gym. And he just showed me this encouraging quote. And he's like, that's, he, he just walked up to me. He didn't follow me on Instagram. He has no idea who I am, but he saw me, I think a few times at the gym. And uh, he came up to me and just wanted to show me this quote. And when he left after we talked and he's like, I really want to get there. I'm going to get there. And Brian's a big dude and he's already well on his way. I mean, I think last time I talked to him, he dropped 73 pounds and he is, he's killing it. And as he walked off, I, I went home and I told my husband, people are searching for their people. They want encouragement. They want somebody rallying around them saying, you can do this. And, and I told him, I feel like that's what Brian did is he was reaching out saying, are you going to be one of my people? And I was like, yes. And I was like getting all emotional to Alex because after I work out or when I do cardio, if I listen to like something emotional, I get emotional and I'm like, I'm going to be Brian's people. And Alex is just laughing at me, but, and I just love seeing Brian there and I'm just cheering him on and asking him how he's going and what his challenges are and how far he's come. And, and I was able to hear his full story and it is remarkable. And I'm just proud of him for showing up every day. And 
I want other people to have that space. I remember not having that space and Instagram was kind of my, my way. I didn't start Instagram so that I could become a coach. I started Instagram because I loved lifting and I wanted to help educate, but it was also my way of finding my tribe. I wanted to find people who were in it with me. I love it when you guys just send me once in a while, somebody's like, I don't know why I'm sending this to you, but here's my before and after picture. And I don't want to share it on Instagram, but I'm really proud of it. And I love it. I love it when people include me in their journey because as human beings, we need connection. We, sh- we thrive when we've connected. And so I love it when you, when you guys find that I'm a safe place for you to come and that I can be your, and include me and I can be your cheerleader. Um, so I love it. And that's really why I do what I do. So this is just kind of a funny story. When Alex quit his job, my, my business was taking off. And, um, so I needed help and he was like, okay, so he, this was kind of a good time for us. And he quit his job and he came in and he's like, Lindsay, you realize like half of your clients haven't paid you for like six months. Do you realize that like, (laughs) there's like half of these app users have been getting this and this free for this and this month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. I'm horrible at the, the money aspect. And, but I just, I kind of had to laugh about that. Cause I'm like, you know, I just love creating and I love educating. I love what I do and I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll let him handle the money. I don't even know what's going on half the time with that, but but I just, I appreciate him and his efforts in it so that we don't starve because I forget to <laughs> send out invoices. He, he was awesome about uh, changing up a bunch of stuff in my business. But my point of telling you that is that I genuinely, I love what I do because I love who you people are and the people that... Um, I am just privileged to come in contact with through Instagram. And it's always so wonderful seeing you guys when, when you come up to me at the gym or for some reason, I feel like Costco is the stomping grounds of my people because that's usually where people come up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, Lindsay. I had one woman and she's like, Lindsay, how are you? And then she stops mid-tract and she's like, I just realized you have no idea who I am. I feel like me and you are best friends and you have no clue who I am. It was the funniest thing. We just laughed. I'm just very grateful for you guys. Okay. There's my long-winded tangent for the day. I really should have had show notes for this one, but I just want you guys to know how much I appreciate you and how much I appreciate rubbing shoulders with you and how much you encourage me to step up and be my better self. So thank you so much for being part of my journey just as a human being as well. You guys are awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to message me on Instagram at Lifting Lindsay. And then also, I think I already said that. So here's me rambling even more, but also check out my optimized training programs at liftinglindsay.com. 
there are home workouts on there or alternative exercises so that those of you who do part of the week at the gym, half at home or all at the gym or all at the home, it has options in there for all of you. I am here to help and I'm here to serve you so that you guys can hit your goals. You guys have a great week. I love you. You're awesome. 